Welcome everybody to the Keen Gamer Podcast. It's the official podcast of KeenGamer.com. We are here today. We hope you all had a wonderful holidays. Looking forward to the new year. I'm here today. I am your host for this week, Sean Rabine. And as always, I am joined by my two co-hosts, Tim Ronan. Hello. Hi, Tim. And David Lozada. David, how you doing? Yo, yo, yo. I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Good, good. I didn't ask how Tim's doing because I don't care. So, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yes, that's typical. <laughs> Tim, how are you doing? No, no. No, oh, I missed miss You my made hand. your choice. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, no. I'm doing all right. <laughs> we're, starting, we're starting the new arc. Okay. <laughs> so, last week we talked about what were our top games of that year. And for this week, we're going to be talking about what we're looking forward to and will most likely be disappointed by in 2020. And rather than just sticking by just video games, we're going to talk about video games, we're going to talk about movies, and we're going to talk about television. So, before we get into that, we are, of course, going to talk about our weeks. And to lead us off, I'm going to go ahead and throw the ball over to Tim. Tim, how was your week? How did things go? What did you play? What did you watch? And what did you do? Let's see. Uh, well, of course, it was Christmas this past mm-hmm. week. It's quite busy. Um, so I played a couple of things. Um, I actually decided to dip into Minecraft a little bit because, of course, mm-hmm. there's actually... Well, this was a little while ago, but they recently released an update that added uh, bees to Minecraft. Bees. So there's like, yes, bees. Very unexpected, but they're actually kind of awesome. So the deal with them is that they spawn in uh, bee nests randomly in like uh, certain biomes, so like forests and that kind of thing, in, Mm -hmm. in like a tree. And you can, they, there's bees that like, um, that come out of it, and then they go to nearby flowers and, like, you know, pollinate them. Mm-hmm. And then they collect it all and then go back to their hive and deposit it. And eventually, after doing that enough, the nest will produce honey. And you can bottle up the honey, or you can use a, a pair of shears and, like, shear off some honeycomb. Um... But if you do that, the bees get angry and they, like, start attacking you. And then if, yeah, and if they attack you, they, they, uh, lose their stinger and die. Um, but you can, like, there's, uh, actually, David, you might remember, remember, there's a campfire in the game you can make. Yeah. And if you put that underneath the nest, it's, like, it kind of acts like a smoker. And that prevents them from getting mad at you. That's if what I was you, gonna like, ask. Can you smoke the yeah. bees? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you can do that, and then you can take the honey or the honeycomb without them getting mad. But um, you can also, if you have a flower in your hand, it attracts bees. So you can like lead them, like you can take them back home with you and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can also use flowers to breed them. So that that's where you can start like having having like a bee farm. Um, like at your, at wherever your base is or whatever. And, um, another aspect of it is like when, 
after they've collected pollen and they're returning to the nest, they kind of, like, drip pollen everywhere. And you can actually use that to, like, to, um, like, feed your crops. It makes them grow, I think, I, th- I think it makes them grow a little bit faster than normal. Hmm. So that's kind of interesting. That's cool. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of an odd thing that no one really expected, but they're, um, they they're pretty adorable. It's so. something that fits, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been trying to, I've been trying to find them, but I've been trying to find a, a bee nest, but I think they're maybe not so much rare, but they only spawn in certain biomes. So it's just mm. a matter of finding the right one. And then I think you're pretty set with that. You know, they, always, um, they, they say that bees are like so important to our ecosystems and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you explaining to us just now, I don't mean to sound educational here or get too educational on this podcast, but you were just explaining like everything that's that you could do with bees in Minecraft. It's like, huh, I can kind of see that now, you know? Or like maybe I took those yeah. things for granted, you know? So, yeah. yeah, bees are important for our uh, crops and flowers to grow and crop yeah. pollinate. And yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without yeah, that, cool. we're just going to have to eat like Fritos chips. <laughs> like fruit snacks, it's the only thing we'll have left. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't like bees, but as long as they're away from me, it's like okay, you're fine. Just, <laughs> just don't get near me. <laughs> At least you're honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, so uh, one of the things I got for Christmas was actually a Xbox sort of gift card thing, which yeah, was cool. Um, and at first I, I I was thinking, of course, you know, kind of how it used to work, like you can only use it on Xbox, but mm-hmm. now there's some crossover with uh, Windows 10 and stuff like that. So That's true. there's like, there's like a, an app you can download, uh, you know, you can... Um, like, you can buy some Xbox games and have it, like, be on your PC instead. So I was like, oh, cool. Because these days, that's pretty much what I do for gaming. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, re- I haven't touched my Xbox in, like, like it feels like years, but yeah. I think it's not been quite that long, but still well, quite Microsoft's long. Microsoft's fault. They kept putting everything on Xbox and PC, and people were like, well, let's put it on PC. I like having all my stuff in one place. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so I, I I was quite happy I could um, play on PC. But so I was looking through you know the catalog of what they had and stuff, mm-hmm. and then I realized that most of the stuff I was seeing was available for uh, the Game Pass Xbox Game Pass, which I had activated a trial for um, a couple months ago. It's a, like a three month trial, and I figured by now it had run out, but I actually still had it. So I was like, oh, rather than spending money, I'll just play something for free yeah um so i was looking and i feel like they've updated their catalog since the last time i looked because there was stuff i feel like i would have been excited about but i didn't see last time but uh one thing i saw was a game called moonlighter which came out decent bit ago it's a um it's a roguelite sort of dungeon crawler thing but there's also this aspect of it where you run a shop called the Moonlighter, yes. and you can sell stuff that you find mm-hmm. in the dungeon that you explore in, and you, like, set prices, and you have customers come in 
and they yeah. and they pay you, and you can use that to, you know, upgrade your shop and upgrade the town a little bit. Um, and that that had always seemed interesting to me, but I had never tried it out, so I decided to give it a try. Um, and I I really like it actually. Yeah. I feel like I heard sort of middling reviews of it, but uh, at least what I played it I played of it I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I can confirm it's a it's a fun game. I can't remember if I did a review on Keen Game before. I feel like I did. Somebody I did. Remember, I can't remember what score I gave it, uh, but it was definitely probably like in the eighties at the lowest. Uh, but it is a fun game. Uh, probably its biggest detriment is that you know it, it's a roguelite and a store manager game, and it doesn't do either one exceptionally well. But it does both of them well enough that you want to keep playing both of those aspects. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the two sort of feed into each other. You know, you go into a dungeon to get better stuff, to sell in your store, to get more money, to buy better gear, to go into further dungeons. And it's just sort of the cyclical thing until you complete all the dungeons. And they've released DLC and updates for it that I haven't looked at, but, you know, they've, they've kept it going. And it's a, it's a good-looking game, too. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Looks fantastic. Bright work and pixel art, so, you know. If you're looking for a great uh, store management sim, you know, this isn't a great simulator of it. If you're looking for a great uh, merchant sim, I would say Reseteer is the way to go. But this is certainly, if you're looking for something more more action-oriented, this might be more of your alley. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I quite enjoyed my time with it. There, there are some annoying things like it has a maybe there's a name for this, but it has like that. Well, for for one thing, the control scheme is kind of weird at first because you like it's WASD and then your other hand is on uh, the J, K, and L keys instead of like you know, well the the mouse or like arrows or something, uh. um, and then. Well, because I was I wasn't using a controller; it was on a keyboard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it has like sort of combat system where like the, the the way you're pointing is tied to your movement. So like, so like you don't you can't like point with your mouse. Like you you point with WASD. Like mm-hmm. it's it's tied to the same keys, and that does this thing where it just feels clunky to, like, move around and aim and stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I guess I got over that, but I guess in general I'm not a fan of that. And there's not, like, so, you know, you're, you're dealing you're dealing with a lot of items usually between all, all the loot that you're finding, but you don't really have a lot of space. So you, you kind of yeah. tend to, you have to meddle with your inventory a lot. And eventually, I was just like, "Okay, I just, I just gotta throw away all this stuff." Because yeah. I mean, I already, I already have so much of it at home, yeah. and it's not even worth that much. I'll just because you can like convert. At some point, you can convert treasure you find um, into gold, like on the fly, but yeah. for like a fourth of the price you would get it for it normally if you took it back to your shop and sold it. Mm-hmm. But, but again, you just get so much of it. It's just like whatever. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I also found that the sorting system is a little bit garbage <laughs> it, it, like it, it feels like it doesn't always do what you think it will or like there's there's only like there's only two options for sorting stuff so i don't mm. know it was, was kind of weird but 
But I, I did enjoy it. I really like working with, like, that kind of, like, you know, finances and, like, finding what the best price is and yeah, trying to balance that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it is... There are there are actually some things they don't really explain to you. Like, there's um, a discount box, which I have not discovered the use for yet, other than selling things for lower. I, I feel like it, like... It might attract It, it incentivizes more. people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, obviously, if you're going to sell something for lower than you could normally, like, mechanically, there has to be something there. Yeah. But... Well, I know, like, in real life, the point of a discount box is... Well, discount box, just... Discounts in general. Is A, to liquidate your assets, things that aren't selling well on their own, and B, to get people into the store and to hopefully look at other stuff while they're going towards the discount stuff. Hmm. But I don't know if that can happen in... I remember Boomlet, people can buy, like, one item at a time. So I don't think yeah. that whole methodology really works in Moon, Moonlighter, where it's like, oh, I want to get the discount item. That's all I can carry. <laughs> yeah. It's still a very cute game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I really couldn't stop playing it last night. I, I think I played it for like five or six hours, so I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, quite, quite a good game. Also, I can't complain because I played it for free, so... Yeah, there is that. Better. There is Talk that. About discount box. <laughs> That's a big discount. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Um. Do do What else? I think that's pretty much it for that. But um, I did watch the uh the third season of the Dragon Prince on Netflix. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. I have heard have good you? things, but I haven't looked at like minute one of that. Uh, but I've heard really good things. People like talk pretty highly of it, despite it not being, I guess, super well known, as far as I can tell. Is it not super well known? It seemed I, like it had a decent following, but maybe not. When I see people who know about it talk about it, they talk about it in high praise. But it feels almost like it has a niche audience. Like it's not talked about widely, but where it is talked about, mm. it's talked about a lot. So it's kind of. It's like know. people people who are really into Avatar, and right because it's made by the same people who made Avatar, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Avatar: Last Airbender. Same. Same writers. Same animators. Yeah. yeah same mm. animators or studio or whatever. And it seems like those that crowd is really into the Dragon Prince. Hmm. So basically, you know, fans of Western animation. That is similar to anime, <laughs> if, that, if yeah. you can call it that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that that type of crowd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. I. I was. I watched. Um. You know all of Avatar. So I'm one of those people that's like, yeah. oh, it's the same writers. That's pretty cool. So yeah. I yeah. Checked it out. And yeah, it's pretty good. Basically, it's um. I mean, you know, of course, it's a little bit similar. Same writers, but. Um, basically there's this land called Zadia and there's basically like this group of humans and like group of pretty much so far we've only really known there to be elves. I, we don't really know of any other races or whatnot, but basically the elves have magic, the humans don't, but Aww. eventually they discover a dark form of magic. Dark magic. 
Uh, elves don't like that. They're like, hey, that's that's not great because in order to use dark magic, you have to like kill like magical creatures and steal their essence. Uh. So they are they aren't a fan of that. So <laughs> eventually, everything comes to um, to a head, and they push the humans out of their land, which is called Zadia, and they push them like to the uh, western half of the continent. And then there's just like a divide in between. Um, and then at some point, the humans kill like the king of the dragons, and they kill his heir, the dragon prince. And then, you know, that, that kind of brings us up to the first season of the show. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I guess I won't really spoil stuff, but yeah, there's a whole world there and stuff they explore, and it's pretty cool. I think. I mean, the only the only thing that's kind of a bummer is that each season is nine episodes, which one doesn't give a lot of room for, like to have stuff happen, um, yeah. and maybe have stuff happen too fast. But then it's also like when it, like you can get through it so quickly, and it's like, what? But I want, <laughs> I want more. I've seen a lot of shows do that, where you know they've gone from thirteen down to ten episodes, and even that. Sometimes they'll go down to eight for, like, the first season. Uh, and it's just like, guys, stop it. Stop stop trimming back. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know if it's because of budgetary reasons. Like, it costs so much more to make an episode. It's like, just reduce your scale. I don't need a big bombastic thing. That's what I go to movies for. Just, you know, reduce it a little bit. Manage yourselves. <laughs> yeah. Then again, Netflix has 300 shows going on or something like that. So it's like, you know, you could be like taking place in one hotel room for your show and it still would have eight episodes because like, it's too expensive. We don't have enough money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it is a shame. Because, like, I think I, I think I got through it basically in under a day or something. Mm. That, was, that was quite sad, but uh, I, I guess, I mean, it could have been twice as long. I think that it wouldn't have like overstayed its welcome. But oh well, I think there's supposed to be another season, so I don't have to feel depressed yet. Yeah, I think it's doing but, well. Uh, so I think they'll keep making seasons. Yeah, people seem uh, responsive to it, so mm-hmm. that's nice. It's, it's, it's. I mean, there's a lot of effort put into it, so. It's nice, like a, you know, kind of spiritual successor to Avatar and whatnot, so... Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, I think it's about it for me. Alright. Sounds like a very productive week. Yeah, watch a lot of stuff, play a lot of stuff. <laughs> Sounds interesting. Alright, so, David, tell us, how was your week? What'd you watch, what'd you play, what'd you do? It was a great week. I have family come over for Christmas, and it was really fun. We didn't... I didn't play any games. I didn't play... I didn't watch any shows. I know, surprise, surprise, right? I did see a movie, though, and the movie was called How to Be a Latin Lover. Do you know that movie? Latin Lover? Yeah, How Uh... to Be a Latin Lover, I think it's called. No, I, 
never well, heard of it. it no. It's it's a really funny movie, uh, and it stars Salma Hayek. I forget the oh, actor's hey, name. Oh, got my attention. <laughs> forgot the actor's name, but it's basically a movie about a gigolo, Hispanic gigolo, who, mm-hmm. you know, romances elderly women who are rich and you know he he gets into romantic relationship with with them he like the opening moments of the movie are him riding around everywhere with hoverboards and he has like gold tinted hoverboards and stuff it's just really it's a really funny movie uh there's no there's no really i mean it it has like a good um family message too about because he then he he for for some reason he uh but I won't spoil. He reconnects with his sister, who is uh, Salma Hayek, and her nephew, and th- they kind of, you know, grow into a family together. And it, it's a nice, it's a nice story, and a really funny one. And I, I recommend people who are, you know, half Hispanic, like, you know, half Hispanic or, or all Hispanic families, uh, like myself. You know, go mm-hmm. go watch this movie because it, it's 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 nice to see to have a movie where it's bilingual, so like the characters speak in English and in Spanish, and it, nice. it's just yeah, it's just something you don't see every day, and you know, nice family movie, definitely recommend it. And that was pretty much my week. Oh, and I saw My Hero Academia, the la- the latest uh, episode of that. Man, that's a good show. I know it's <laughs> it's been a, it's been a slow kind of build up. Because I won't spoil anything, but uh, it, it involves like yakuza and and they're they're kind of trying to yeah it, it's pretty cool and all the yakuza have like these the these powers uh, these quirks and it's it's interesting to see how the yakuza kind of like planned ahead but it's also a lot of kind of informational a lot of information so the build up is a little slow but now yeah, we're yeah. starting to get to the point where you know the action really kind of kicks in and mm-hmm. it, it's just it's really satisfying so if you've seen you know seasons 1 to 3 and you haven't seen season 4 yet I definitely recommend to see it now because I think I think the season finale is next week or the week after that you know, now it's going to get to the point where everything just hits hits everyone all at once. So, so it's yeah. a good time to kind of jump in and and catch up with everything. It's going to be fun. And yeah, that's about that's everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My Hero Academia is a really good. It's a really good anime. It's a really good shonen anime, I should say. It's not not for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's not for people who are into you know slice of life or romance or slower paced anime. Uh, but it, it's it's definitely a good anime to watch if you're into like Dragon Ball Z, or Seven Deadly Sins, or Fairy Tale, or whatever, what have you, all those shonen. So, yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah, that was my week. Oh well, okay then. Yeah. All right. So, as for me, um, I'll, I'll talk about games first because I didn't play a lot of games. Uh, I played one game, and that was the Shovel Knight DLC, King Knight, which I forget Uh, the the real subtitle for it is. I cannot get into it. And the reason is twofold. One, I don't like the way King Knight moves. 
So for those who don't know, each new character they add to Shovel Knight has their own unique move set and their own unique campaign and work and levels and all that stuff. It's very uh, um, content heavy. King Knight, uh, he attacks by sort of shoulder bashing into people. He's like his dash and he'll hit them. Uh, it's also your main movement ability because what he'll do is you'll hit the wall and he'll do like a spin jump and that'll allow him to like get over ledges. Uh, but some walls you can't do that on and they don't exactly explicitly tell you which walls you can and can't do that to. You kind of have to test it out. I don't like the way he moves. The way he fights isn't that fun. Uh, he has his own little pogo stick type of attack. Uh, it feels like they give him a lot of ways to, to gain health because he's kind of clunky to use and he gets hit a lot. Um, but that's like half of his deal. So the other half is his triple triad type game, which is called Joustus, where you have a 3x3 three three grid and you put cards onto the grid and you try to sort of, uh, they're like gems on the grid, randomly placed, and you have to get your card on top of that gem. But you can't put a card directly onto a gem. You have to, like, push it onto it. So the whole thing is that your cards have, like, arrows on each of the four cardinal directions, or some of them. Not every card has all of them. And the idea is to push them in certain directions, and they can't be pushed in other directions, and it becomes this whole thing. I can't really get into it. I feel like there's something there, but I just I can't really get my hands around it. I don't know. Uh, I still highly recommend Shovel Knight in general and the other two DLC the uh, Plague Knight and the Spectre Knight DLC were great but King Knight I don't know I just can't get into it maybe it's just sometimes with games it's like you know I'm, it's just not in the right mindset for it and I have to put it away and come back to it later and I can appreciate it more but maybe that's the case here maybe <laughs> I just don't like how it plays mm. Yeah, I haven't tried it out myself yet, but I I, I love Shovel Knight, so I've been I've been meaning to. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> it he's um, you know, it yeah, it, it's just his movement just doesn't feel fun. There's just not a lot to it. I'm I'm not a big fan of it. So for me, it's a no. I I I don't know what other people are saying about it. I don't know what the consensus is, but for me, it's like ah. Eh, it didn't cost me anything, because, you know, I have the Treasure Trove thing, mm-hmm. uh, which I got for, like, a discount. I don't know how I did, but, yeah, that was pretty much the only game I played. Um, as for movies, uh, I saw a lot of movies, of course. You know, I watched a lot of movies on Amazon Prime and Hulu and all that stuff. Um, too many to really list off. Watched watch a lot of Stephen King horror movies like Pet Cemetery and Graveyard Shift. I watched several Clive Barker movies, uh, Hellraiser movie, um, Lord of Illusions. Uh, I think there's one other one. And I forget the name of it. A lot of Clive Barker movies are bad, unfortunately. <laughs> A lot of them just aren't very good. Hellraiser is amazing. One of, one of them is not my favorite horror movie, but everything else is pretty much terrible. <laughs> um, one big movie I did see like in theaters like an actual theater was Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker I can never <sighs> remember their names oh, oh my goodness. goodness 
And, and for the f- there for the first for a while watching it, I was like, okay, this is kind of moving at a weird pace, kind of a little bit, kind of blitzing through things. But okay, I'm still with you so far. Um, now let's keep going. Oh, that 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 girl looks cool. Zori, she looks like the Rocketeer, but and she has like lever action hand blasters that were like filigree and stuff like that. I like it. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm into it. And then they come to like one big revelation, like the one third point. And I'm like, nope, I'm out. I hate this. And I'm not like, I, I'm not, I left like the movie. Theater. I stayed with it. But wow, my hands, my head was just in my hands for like the rest of that movie from that point on. And I won't say what the big revelation was or anything like that. But those who have seen it can probably guess what it was. Um, just an overall stupid movie. They clearly <laughs> did not have a vision in mind. They didn't have a game plan in mind. They're just like, we want this thing to happen. This thing. Hey, let's introduce Destroyed. Why? Because it's a new toy we can sell people, stupid. Introduce this thing. That's a new toy, too. Oh, I want that for Christmas. You know, I can I can see, watch these movies, these Star Wars movies, and be like, Okay, that's designed to be a toy. Like the Porgs from the last one, those little uh, penguin things, those were in there to sell toys. And boy, did they sell. Yep. Um, but this just felt bad. It was bad. Yep. Ah. Yep. Oh. Like, movie. head in my hands, just... I, I just... I was struggling with it. I was like, oh... So- so Sean, I have to At ask the, now, because because yeah. you were you were a bit incredulous when I said last week that I think the prequels are better than the sequels. So what right. do you think? Are the prequels better than the sequels? Ah, uh, I will say this for the sequel: the prequels they had an idea in mind, they had a story in mind, and you can see the flow of events, and you can see it all play out. I still think those movies are terrible. They're still terrible. They're poorly written and they're poorly they're poorly executed and poorly acted. But uh, they definitely feel like they are a person's vision. They are George Lucas's personal vision. He had an idea. People probably should have crowded him a little bit better, like they did with uh, the original trilogy, where he'd be like, "I want Han Solo to be a weird alien with a robot hand." And people said, no, that's stupid. We're getting Harrison Ford. He's like, oh, okay. But with the prequels, he's like, I want Jar Jar Binks to stop appropriate and be a racist character. And people said, oh, okay, George Lucas, you're like, you have a lot of money, so I won't say anything bad about it. And so he was just free reign, did whatever he wanted. And that's what happened with the prequels. Right. Um, I, from a mechanical standpoint, in terms of its camera work and writing and all that stuff, I think the sequel trilogy is still better than the prequels. Mm-hmm. But I could see myself sitting through the prequels again. I can't see myself sitting through the sequel trilogy again. I've seen it once. I don't want to see it ever again. I don't, want, I, I don't want to ever see the sequels ever again. The prequels, for better or worse, whether it's to laugh at it or just to relive some nostalgia, I can watch those again. The sequels, no. I can't. There you have it. So... Take those elements and determine how you think I feel about the prequels and the sequel and how they compare. 
I know I sound crazy. I, I, I you know, hearing myself when I was editing the podcast last week, I was like, I don't know if I should put this <laughs> out there. You know, people are going to attack me. But, I mean, I, even today, I, I thought about it a little bit, and I'm like, well, I can't, you know, I can't say that the prequels are, are, are worse than the sequels. I can't. I mean, I, you know, over, overall, yeah. from an overall standpoint, you know, the, the, when I think about the sequels, the, there's nothing there, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. and you just kind of, I, I, we were talking before we started recording, like, you just kind of solidified that in my mind where it was like, there was clearly no plan here. You know, I don't really know yeah. what I'm supposed to get out of this. What is the messaging here? What is the moral of the story? Nothing, really. Yeah. Girls, I mean, the only, the more the biggest moral that we came up with was girls are cool too, which is great. Yeah, that that I mean, was definitely an intent was to get more females in the Star Wars universe, which it honestly it desperately needed because in the original trilogy yeah. you had Leia and you had Mon Mothma. I think it was. That's about it. Maybe Anne that's, that's great. I'm not saying that that's bad. Yeah. That's that's totally needed, you know. But what else? You know, there's, there's nothing else that's there. I mean, it, you don't have a good story. You don't have a good characters. I mean, Ray is yeah female, but she's also really bland and boring, and I don't care about her, you know. And the yeah, same I, thing I, goes for all the other characters in this movie. I didn't so. see a lot of growth with Ray. Like yeah. She was pretty much the same start to finish. Maybe it's because I haven't seen the other two movies more than once uh, since I saw them in theaters. She, uh, st- she started out super powerful, and guess what? It ended super powerful. Spoilers. Yeah. She ended, you know, with, with... I mean, it's not really spoilers, but, like, duh. You know, like, you know, yeah, she, she ends yeah. up with super, super, super powers, you know, that make yeah. no sense. And it, it, she like, no training, nothing. Well, I guess she had oh, she got training. Well, she had, like, like training weird... for five seconds, and then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. She got some training in The Last Jedi, and then this one, she had a new master. And I won't say who yeah. it was. I don't know if it's a spoiler, but it's like... Them? Really? Yeah. What do they know about Jedi training? And then they had to have, like, a throwaway line later on, like, oh, no, 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 this person trained as a Jedi. Don't worry. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they gave it up so they could be something else. And it's like, really? really? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just backtracking. Uh, the usual. That Ugh. that was the thing. You know, the Force Awakens comes out, <clears throat> and it's basically a new hope, but with a new fresh coat of paint. And then the last Jedi comes out and says, okay, forget all that stuff from the Force Awakens. Look at this stuff now. Look at what I did. Your expectations, they're subverted. And then this movie comes out and says, okay, forget everything the last movie did. We're going to retcon this stuff with throwaway lines. And it's like, oh, just... What a mess. What I a mess. think... I, I, will, I will continue. Go ahead. I Alan. think the prequel trilogy will be more fondly remembered, maybe for the wrong reasons, and it's because of its meme potential and laughing at it and all that stuff. I think, regardless, it will be more fondly remembered than this trilogy. I think the people who are, like, super hyped about now are kind of just riding the high after seeing this movie. I don't think that's a high that's going to last for years and years and years. Nope. Who knows? Maybe this will be the new prequels (laughs) for memes and stuff. That would be nice. 
but I I I can't see that happening. <laughs> There's very people are like going on Twitter going hashtag thank you Ryan Johnson and hashtag yeah, thank yeah. you JJ Abrams. It's like screw you. Well, okay. Shut up. Yeah. Stop. That's stop, a little weird. Stop jumping on to this Disney generated hashtag campaign. You stop it. Ah. Oh. People were yeah. pissed off at JJ Abrams because there wasn't enough uh, Rose Tico. Rose Tico, she I wasn't in the Rico, movie that much. Tigo, yeah. Who gives a shit? Uh, apparently, I mean, seriously. Apparently, she had like a much bigger role, but it got trimmed down in editing to like a minute and a half. Wait, what? You know, uh, she has that line about putting her fist through that lousy town. That could be a meme. That could be the new like uh, sand thing, the coarse sand. Is it, they're even like on a balcony too. Okay, so everything about Rose and that whole casino night B plot in the last movie, yes, that has prequel meme potential. Because Terrible. we're not gonna win this war by destroying what we hate, but by saving what we love. Smooch. Like really <laughs> And I you know, if that's your message, fine. But don't ram your spaceship into another spaceship that could have blown up. These things blow up very easily. They get shot by a blast enough time, they blow up. And you're but the power of love saved them. The power of love saved them. Don't you them. understand? Okay, there was there is one meme, especially from uh, Last Jedi, and that's the dude who like licks the ground and says, It's dope. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, just so the audience. Oh, you mean, just so the audience. Oh, goes, oh, we're not on a snow planet. That's salt. That's, that's Benico del Toro's character, eh? That guy? Who the hell right? knows? There, there, there are so many, like, actors who I recognize who are putting, like, bit parts because they, they just like Star Wars enough. And yeah. some of them I don't recognize. Some of them I do recognize. Like, one of the, the hobbits is in this movie, and he's just sort of like a, a background rebel character. And it was huh. very distracting because I, I kept waiting for him to do something and be a part of something. But no, he was just a regular no. rebel fighter. I'm like, what is he, what is he doing here? He really? he, he's friends remember. with... Yeah, he's uh, one of... He's like either... He's not, of course, not Sam or Frodo, but he's one of the other two hobbits. Oh. Um, and like, like Pippin or the other wait, one. Yeah. <laughs> kept waiting for him to do something, but he never did anything. It was just uh, weird. Huh. I don't know. I know. I know the movie if you want. Daniel Craig was Daniel in the Craig. first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a stormtrooper. Yeah, he was as a stormtrooper. Right? Yeah, talk about talk about playing a cameo there. Just go for I mean, it's like face. how would you? But like, what is the point of the cameo if you don't know what they? You know, if they you don't see because their face. he really likes Star Wars, I guess. Wow. Or. So they can put out articles saying Daniel Craig's in Star Wars. I guess here's yeah. where Daniel Craig was when you didn't know. Here's eight things you didn't know about Star Wars. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I saw Star Wars. It's okay. No, I honestly I saw it because I felt like I was obligated to after seeing the other eight movies. I don't think you need to see it. Look up the plot online. Spoil it so for it. Spoil it for yourself. Save yourself some money and time. Honestly, just do that. Yeah. You don't need to see the movie. There's nothing to see. It's bad. I wanted Palpatine to ham it up more, like he did in the prequel trilogy. That's the best part of the prequel trilogy, is Palpatine. Just hamming it up. 
But he didn't do it in this one. He was still kind of happy, but it wasn't enough. Anyway. I mean, Palpatine's movie is just funny. Like, I, I just <laughs> thought that they butchered his character so so much. I mean, that he last very line, well. F- no, he was. Oh. He was. He was. He looked great. But that last line between him and and someone else was just. Oh my god! It was. Mm-hmm. I, I was. I was. When I saw that online, I was laughing. I was just. <laughs> I couldn't. No, but I mean, he looks well fed. I mean, he looks very jowly. Like, he has very... Like, he's put on some weight when it's like... He's supposed to be this emaciated person, but... I don't know. Anyway. That, yeah, TV whatever. was a little bit more exciting. Uh, I rewatched American Vandal, which I don't know if anyone here has seen American Vandal. Um, no. It's sort of a... It's a mockumentary on Netflix... Sort of parodying uh, crime documentaries like Making a Murderer, also on Netflix. Uh, the first season was about how this kid is expelled and faces criminal charges because someone drew 23 dicks on 23 different teachers' cars, and they think he did it because he has a history of doing that kind of stuff. And so the documentary is trying to find out who drew the dicks. They keep, they keep saying that with a completely straight face, like, who drew the dicks? Uh, and they do, like, crime-solver techniques. Like, look, he doesn't draw dicks like this. He draws them like this. And look, it's missing the ball hair. He always includes the ball. It's hilarious, but it's also insightful. Like, it has a message at the end. Star Wars, it has a message at the end. And it's it's insightful. The second season, doubly more so. It's insightful. It has heart. It, it's funny. I highly recommend it. Got canceled. There's not going to be a third season on Netflix, but those first two seasons are great. Check them out. Uh, I watched the last episode of Watchmen. I feel like that didn't stick the landing. It had a great startup, and then the last two to three episodes were just kind of tripping over itself, and I was like, oh, this is what we were leading up to? This feels kind of not good. And uh, I, I would still recommend it. There's still a lot of great episodes and a lot of great acting and scenes in that series, but don't expect a whole lot. I never expected it to be as good as the comic books. And the people on Twitter saying, this is better than the comic books, are insane. You are insane. Get yourself committed. Um, but the show was fine. It's fine. Uh, but I did also start... And finish The Witcher on Netflix. Um, actually, I started it the week before. Yeah, but I finished it. Um, I could see this being confusing for most viewers, myself included. Um, the flow of events can be a little bit confusing, to say the least. Um, but overall, it's great. Uh, Henry Cavill as Geralt, he's great. The actress playing Yennefer, she does an amazing job. The actor playing uh, Yeskir, or Dandelion as you know in the games, he's amazing. He does a great job. His relationship with Geralt is perfect. Um, he ends up writing a song in order to help promote Geralt to get more monster jobs. And that song has been played ad nauseum on like YouTube all over the place. So... He did his job. He got the word out there about Geralt. Um, 
I thought the series was great. It's already been picked up for a second season. It's already been picked up for a third season, in fact. So they are committed to this show. Mark Hamill says he really wants to be part of season two. So that's cool. Um, yeah, Henry Cavill did a really great job as Geralt. Yeah, so I heard that uh, too. I heard yeah. it was, he was really convincing. Yeah. Apparently he's a huge fan of the Witcher games. Um, so I can respect that. He says, you know, I love the Witcher games, especially three... Uh, and when I heard the show was being made, I got my agents on the phone every day to ask them, can you get me this part? I want to be in this show. i got to be this show. And they got him the part. Wow. And he he loves the games. Um, I respect the fact that he says, oh, no, I always play the PC version if I can. PC's better. I'm like, yeah, yeah. This guy gets <laughs> it. He gets it. Um, he said in an interview that he had to dehydrate himself for three days straight in order to get his physique looking muscular enough for the bathtub scenes that he had he says no i need to be more muscular for this bathtub scene and so he had to, apparently that's what you have that's what you can do is just dehydrate yourself and that'll just make it look more muscular um huh. don't do that at home people he the guy's built like a <laughs> tank he knows what he's doing when it comes to physical fitness i'm sure whatever he does he knows what he's doing for his own body don't do that oh if i want to be muscly like a man <laughs> i just have to not drink water oh i could do that it's great uh but the series is great i would say watchmen is probably better in a lot of ways but the witcher is more consistent in its quality from start to finish it never gets worse it only gets better from the point from the first episode so check it out and just understand that it might be a little bit confusing like wait how is but when did but who is just go with it okay it'll all tie itself up by the end trust me it'll it'll make sense by the end and if it doesn't just read about it online um but that's what i did you know mostly watch tv one game one Star Wars and a lot of other horror movies and stuff like that. Overall, pretty standard. All right, so we talked about what we did this week. We've talked about since we've been doing this show since the summer, I think, what we've been doing each week. Now we're going to talk about what we're looking forward to be doing next year. We're going to talk about our most anticipated video games, movies, and television shows. I think we should go around each person and just do what we're looking forward to in video games to each person and then do movies and the television that way. Does that sound agreeable? Yeah. That sounds good. All right. All right. So, David, why don't you start us off? What video games are you looking forward to in 2020? Video games. Okay. So, I'm going to start with my number. I picked three. And I'm going to start with my number three pick, and then I'm going to go work my way down. So, my number three pick is Ghost of Tsushima. And Mm -hmm. I've played every Sucker Punch game ever made, even their first one, uh, Rocket, I believe it was called. And I love the studio. I think that they're kind of not as appreciated as Naughty Dog or as Insomniac, some of the other big PlayStation Studios, but I think yeah. with, in the in, in recent years, they've been kind of getting a lot more recognition, uh, in mm-hmm. particular with the Infamous series, uh, Infamous 
Second Sun, and then Infamous First Light, which are both really, really fun games on PS4. Don't play them. The story is like, okay, but the powers and the stuff that you get are just so cool and so much fun to use, especially in, in First Light. You use Fetch's light powers. They're, it's just really fun. Uh, and I'm really excited to see what they do with Ghost of Tsushima because it isn't something that they typically are known for. They're more known mm -hmm. for like platforming, for yeah, I, I'd say just platforming in general, or, or like a projectile-based games. But this seems much more like a not hack and slash, but uh, action adventure type where you're not you know jumping from from one platform to the other, you're, you're more like navigating through a Japanese village or, uh, you know, engaging in a sword fight or what, what have you. So I, I think that this is a cool new direction for the studio. I'm really excited to see if they deliver because, you know, with, with new ventures like these, it's always, there's always a lot of risk, right, involved. Mm -hmm. But this is yeah. something that is actually based on, on history, on the Mongol invasion of, of the island of Tsushima, and I, I, I'm interested to see like how, how supernatural elements play, in, play a role here. They usually ha oh, tackle supernatural yeah. things really well. Uh, I think that so far what I've seen, the environments look amazing, and I love, I love Japan. I love, I just love, you know, how every, the environments, the, <laughs> the art, the architecture yeah. there, and to see that recreated in a digital world or landscape is just, I, I don't know, I'm really looking forward to it. And it's something you don't see nowadays uh, very often, which is really a shame. I think Neo was the last game I could think of that really Sekiro. kind of... Uh, it's Sekiro. There you go, Sekiro. There, was, that, there you go. Neo 2 is coming out next year, that's why I, I'm thinking yeah. about it. But yeah, Sekiro 2. So, so not too many games that, that, that do that, but in recent times we've been getting a little bit more. And I think Ghost of Tsushima is something that is much more up my alley. Uh, I don't think Sekiro... I, I'm not a Dark Souls guy, so it, it wasn't really something that became my interest. I really l appreciated the art style, for sure, and the character mm -hmm. designs of that game. But the gameplay is not something that's for me. Ghost of Tsushima yeah. is much more my speed. It's much more action-adventure related. So, yeah, I hope Summer 2020 is the, the time that we actually do get to play it and i hope it delivers yeah. my second pick i, I think that, that mm -hmm. oh i just want to say real quick Go ahead. i think the game looks amazing i can't get into it only because for some reason i've never been able to get into the whole feudal japan aesthetic it looks mm -hmm. beautiful it I, I i can appreciate everything that looks i just can't get into it i don't know why it's, it's the reason why i could never get into neo i never even bothered yeah. trying sekiro and this game I haven't paid a lot of attention to, but what I have seen of it, it does look really impressive. So yeah, I mean that's understandable. Um, you know, like I conversely, like I'm not really into medieval stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, like feudal Western Europe. So or oh, yeah. feudal Europe. You know, and I it's just I don't I don't know why. It's just something that doesn't really vibe with me, despite being half European. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it just I, I don't know. I'm much more interested in, in feudal Japan and in, in the mm. samurai and the shogun and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I get that. I get that sentiment, you know. It's just yeah. diff, different take, different tokes for different folks, you know. Mm -hmm. That's that. My second pick 
for most anticipated game of 2020. And this is a game that I did play. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Now this game... That's right, yeah. ...is a game that I was very skeptical about because I had known... Oh, who wouldn't be? Right. I mean, who wouldn't be, right? But I had known that they that Square Enix was going to try something different and they were trying to do, you know, incorporate Final Fantasy XV into Final Fantasy VII and... You know, for those that that don't know, Final Fantasy XV added a lot of action elements into the the formula. It wasn't like mm-hmm. any other Final Fantasy game before it. I mean, with the no, I mean, I can't think of any other Final Fantasy game that that was as action oriented as Final Fantasy XV. So, uh, Square Enix decided because, there you go. That's oh, super action. Okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> so so so. I, I was I was skeptical because I kind of preferred, you know, the more turn-based style. Even even like something yeah. like Final Fantasy thirteen that wasn't really turn-based. It was kind of pseudo turn-based. Uh, I, I kind of prefer that style more than I prefer the action-oriented stuff, just because we don't mm-hmm. really get a lot of that nowadays. And if there's one studio that's going to deliver on it, it's going to be Square Enix, right? But but they they decided not to do it, and. So, going into it, I already had that kind of reservation in my mind, but I played it, and when I played it, I found that it was kind of, it was kind of more like Final Fantasy XIII than I thought it would, would it would be, in the sense that it was all in real time, so it wasn't turn-based, it wasn't like you execute your attack and then the enemy ex- executes uh, their attack, it was more like everything is kind of concurrent, but... Mm-hmm. The thing that that really kind of was a throwback to the turn-based style was the fact that you can pause time and you could choose which attacks you want to perform uh, through a through a, a wheel, kind of a, a weapons wheel, not a weapons wheel, a move wheel, and yeah. that made me kind of because I wasn't really familiar with with the game yet. Obviously, it was my first time playing it. It, it also helped me to kind of like think as to what my next move would be instead of just hacking and slashing like I would in in any other action game, Final Fantasy Fifteen. Mm-hmm. You know, it, that's, yeah. I mean, admittedly, that's what I did a lot in Final Fantasy Fifteen. Of this game, it kind of encouraged you to take the time and and think about the enemy in front of you, like what spells you wanted to cast, if you wanted to use your ultimate move, whatever. And I really, really appreciated that. And I thought that it was kind of brilliant because it was it was a little bit like mixing the old with the new. Yeah. The thing, the thing, the reason why, and I'm really looking forward to this game. You know, I, I I'm a big fan of Final Fantasy VII. I like all the characters. The thing that that why doesn't didn't make my number one spot was because I don't feel comfortable with the episodic. Uh, kind of release schedule that they have with this and yeah. I also don't feel comfortable with the story I don't I don't know how they're going to tell a, a coherent story without without messing it up okay and yeah. you know I, I know everyone knows here that the big the big death right in this game so everyone's assuming that it's going to end with that big death and no. I feel like, what? You don't think it's going to end with a big death? I, 
No, I think it's going to end, this first episode is going to end with them leaving Midgar. Ah. That's as far yeah. as it's going to go. That's that's what I think. It's, so it's not even going to get up to that part. But, you know, I've only played Final Fantasy VII once, and it was uh, a while ago, so... Yeah. You know, maybe I, mean, I, I don't remember where that death happens, but that seems like it happens way later than where this episode is. Yeah. You see, I'm... I'm... I'm concerned about that because because are they just going to give us Midgar then to explore, and then so we're not going to be able to explore anything outside of Midgar. Is, is that's that, my guess. That's a little disappointing uh, to me, you know, because the game isn't just Midgar; it's, it's the whole yeah. world. So yeah. I don't; they didn't have, it doesn't have a name. So so it's, it's the whole you know world, and you do, you can't tell really a good story without exploring, you know. Tifa's backstory with Fox Boy, Tifa and Cloud's backstory, I should say, Sephiroth's, mm-hmm. you know, backstory, and, and et cetera, et cetera, and it just doesn't, it doesn't spark the same emotion, you know, without knowing like where Sephiroth comes from, without knowing like the things that he's done, and, and et cetera, et cetera, or like his relationship to Cloud in, in general. So that's what I'm most concerned about, and I'm concerned it's going to go the route of like typical Japanese anime-ish game, where it's very kind of hokey the voice acting is a little hokey like I, i'm not <laughs> the biggest fan of it like the, the lip syncing is a little off i noticed from the trailers or like they they don't show like the characters faces and i know that a lot of japanese developers they do that because the lip flaps don't necessarily sync with the japanese mm-hmm. audio and the in the english so they just kind of show the character looking away or looking in another direction so that's I, it's a minor gripe. It's a minor gripe. My biggest gripe is is the story and, and how they're going to handle it. But the gameplay yeah. definitely looks really impressive, and I yeah, am I agree. a fan. I'm a fan of it, and I hope that they don't mess it up, <laughs> and <laughs> and that they you know they they keep it as is because uh, if if they do, then it has potential to be game of the year for sure. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Or first so, part of Game of the Year, since it's going to be an episode. That's true. That's true. So my first pick for most anticipated game of 2020. And maybe I should do, like, honorable mentions before I do the first pick. Yeah. Honorable mentions would be... I'm looking forward to Doom Eternal. I heard yeah. a lot of good things about the gameplay of the first game. I have never played the reboot. But I heard a lot of good things about the gameplay of the first game, and it's I'm just, fun. I'm just really jazzed at what id Software is going to do with Doom Eternal, and I think that they, that they really, really needed to to push back the game to 2020 just to to kind of iron out everything and make sure it's perfect. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the final product now because mm-hmm. I, I have confidence that I mean it is a very good developer. Let's face it, and. You know, I think that they're going to be able to deliver something that's good enough so we could think, okay, Bethesda isn't in the shitter anymore, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. Good enough to kind of change our opinion of, of Bethesda as a publisher. Another game I'm looking forward to next year would be Resident Evil 3 Remake. Resident Evil 2 Remake oh, yeah. obviously has been getting a lot of good reviews uh, this mm-hmm. year. It's won a couple of Game of the Year awards. Resident Evil 3 Remake, I have a couple friends who are just, just out, balls to the walls, you know, excited <laughs> for this game, and 
the fact that it's going to come with the multiplayer component, what was it called? Project Re Resistance? The fact that it's going to come bundled with Project yeah. Resistance is just so cool. And it's just Capcom listening to their audience, and I, I really appreciate that. I, I really, I'm really, really, really looking forward to, to seeing the final product and to see if it does really continue with Resident Evil 2 Remake's uh, pedigree. Last honorable mention, Cyberpunk 2077. I know it's going to be on somebody else's list because the game Damn is right just... going to be. <laughs> the game is just... Honorable I mention mean, with the... <laughs> I mean, I just don't have any experience playing CD Projekt Red games. I've never played the Witcher series, so I wouldn't... God. You know? I wouldn't know uh, about it. About First you haven't it, played the Doom reboot. Now you haven't played the Witcher games. Like... I haven't either, so... Oh my... I'm out. Alright, disconnect from Discord. <laughs> this has been a mistake. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. 23 episodes in, it's been a mistake. Show, show's cancelled. It's no. over. Cancel it. Shut it down. <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077. I saw the Behind Closed Door demo at E3 this past mm -hmm. year, and it was just... I think it's online now. And I was really impressed. And I think what sold me most in the game were the developers themselves. It wasn't really the game. It was the developers and how hmm. they were just so, so, so happy and excited for this game. And they said this was something that was they were really, really passionate about. They said that, oh, we're inspired by all of these types of uh, fiction. And, of course, we had, you know, the original board game designer and come on board. And they told, like, they, they, like, he's really, really intensely involved with this game. Mm -hmm. And just how... I, I don't know, like, they had the person who was who was playing the demo, the guy, like, he, he, he was, he showed us, like, every asset, he was really diligent, but at one point he was just like, okay, now I'm just going to have fun with the game, and so he <laughs> just, you know, and, and this isn't spoilers, this is, this was just a demo, they, you have, um, a, like, a, a cord that you can kind of stealthily take down enemies with, but you can also mm -hmm. use this cord to just whip enemies from afar and take them down from, from not not from afar but from a from like a mid-range distance and he was just like I'm just gonna have fun so he whips out this cord from his arm I think uh, cybernetic arm and he just starts like mm -hmm. whacking these guys like all over the place and it was so much fun and then he like programmed like a turret nearby and the turret was like knocking these guys out like from the balconies and and meanwhile this guy was just running up to guys like chopping their heads off with this cord and it was—it just looked like pandemonium. It just like looked like such reckless fun, and I love mm -hmm. that. You know, I loved how the developer was willing to show us. You know, despite whatever bugs or, or what have you sh may show up, he was just like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna have fun." And and he showed us exactly you know the manner of fun you could have. And it wasn't like a game where you could just you know you're sitting there you know you're, you're hacking terminals and blah 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 you know it's not not that meticulous it could be if you want it to be but you could also mm -hmm. do this other thing and, and that's what I, I was really excited about uh so if, if i had like a, a, a fourth most anticipated game of 2020 it'd definitely be cyberpunk my most anticipated cool. game of 2020 finally is the last of us part two i love the first game i thought i think it's one of the best games of the past decade and mm -hmm. to see Naughty Dog come back and come back with that same kind of mindset, trying to portray a post-apocalyptic world, but also trying to 
portray human characters in this post-apocalyptic world is what I'm most excited about. I the clickers and the the marauders and what have you, very cool. I'm into it. You know, it, it, it's really good sci-fi stuff that I, I I just eat up. But I love Ellie. I love Joel. I love you know the relationship between the two, and I'm really looking forward to see how. Naughty Dog kind of evolves this, this relationship and to see what this tale of revenge supposedly is going to entail if it's really going to be about Dina about this this girl who Ellie supposedly has a romantic relationship about uh, with uh, or if it's going to be about something much more pr profound I, I don't I don't really know um, but I, I hope that you know, it lives up to what the first game established, and that it really kind of sends off the PS4 with a bang. And, and it's Naughty Dog. Yeah. I mean, they—I don't think they've made a bad game since maybe the first Uncharted. I mean, the first Uncharted wasn't really bad. It was just kind of okay, you know. So yeah, yeah. I I, I think that they will deliver, but will it be as good as? You know the the other games I've listed. I don't know, but I, I I'm personally I, I think that it is the the one to watch for for 2020. Yeah, and that's my my picks okay. for games to watch in or mo my most anticipated games of 2020. All right. Um, yeah, I I can't disagree with any of those choices to be honest. Um, uh, Final Fantasy Seven and Jared uh, or not Jared. Last of Us 2 didn't make my list, but they're definitely games I'm going to be paying attention to. Yeah. Uh, a Ghost yeah. of Tsushima, you know, I'm going to be like, because they're interesting games, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, so, Tim, what games are you looking forward to in 2020? Should I, so, should I do like a top three type of thing, or just kind of do what I want? Because I have All like a, a number of picks. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's Do what advice. you feel is best, and we'll, we'll <laughs> go from there. Okay. Um, well, I have a bunch of stuff, so I think I'll just kind of touch on touch on all of them, I guess. Yeah, you can do it like, you know, sort of touch on the ones that uh, you're somewhat interested in, but the ones that you're, like, really focused on, you can go more in-depth if you want. Okay. Uh, let's see. I think first I'll... Uh, well, you know, so I I enjoy Minecraft. That is a thing, With as you know. Mm -hmm, indeed. And there's a spin-off game coming called uh, Minecraft Dungeons. And that's oh, yeah. supposed to be a dungeon-crawling type thing. So it's, like, mm -hmm. totally far and away from, you know, typical Minecraft. It's a spin-off. Um, I, I don't think we know too much about it other than just it's it's a little dungeon crawling thing and I'm pretty sure you can play with other people as well um, but yeah that that's you know I like both those things Minecraft and kind of dungeony type stuff so that's that should be yeah. interesting um, let's see uh, kind of a different sort of thing there was a game that was released a good number of years ago called Spongebob Battle for Bikini Bottom. Yeah. And that is getting a remake called Spongebob oh, no, Battle yeah. for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. Yeah. And 
I, you know, I don't know. I just, I didn't, when I saw it, I was like, you know what? That sounds kind of cool. Cause I really, I really enjoyed that game. Hmm. It's basically like, it's a Super Mario 64 type thing where it's like, collect all the, uh, the, the things to move to the next level. Like, you know, instead of stars in this case, it's, uh, golden spatulas. And there's different, like, worlds that you go to and you have to, you can, it's a collectathon, basically. Mm-hmm. Collecting golden spatulas, some are hidden, some are, you know, you beat bosses or solve puzzles and stuff. And so they, for whatever reason, they decided to remake it. And I'm pretty okay with that. So that's, that should be, uh, that should be fun. Um, wait, did, have, have I, have either of you guys played it or no? The original? Uh, the original, no. But I know it's, I, like, really popular for people who have played it. Like, it's somewhat of a nostalgic it. or fan favorite. I played it way back when it came out, I think, or a year after it came out. My friend brought it over. I don't own it, but my friend brought it over. And it was fun, dude. Like, like, I think that the environments were really kind of bland and barren, and that was, like, something that I, I just really disliked about the game, but the platforming and stuff was, was pretty tight. Like, I, I, I kind of liked it, and I could see why it had such a cult following, just because the gameplay was was really fun, surprisingly. So, so yeah, if, if they were going to remake a Spongebob game, this would be the one to remake, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next pick... Um... I guess it, uh, it's not technically a game, but it's an update to a game or hopeful updates. Uh, Borderlands 3. Any new potential hey. DLC that we're adding to that? Seems like there's been... Um, people have been receptive of the latest one, the mm-hmm. uh, Moxie's Heist of the Handsome Jackpot, which I, I think is kind of... They didn't get the name quite right, but... I don't know, it just sounds a little cumbersome, but... Yeah, it's very um, funky. Yeah. But, it lo- I mean, it looks really cool. I love the theming of it. People seem to enjoy it. Um, so, and I love Borderlands 3, so I'm happy to see them make more of that stuff in the coming they, year. They said they're not going to be working on any new Vault Hunters, right? That's what they said. I hope that's not true. Because, <laughs> like, like, I don't believe that for a second, but at the very least, it means they're not working on any of them anytime soon, which is a bummer. I'm hoping that when it comes out, I think in March when it comes out on Steam, by that point they'll have a new Vault Hunter just included with it or something like that. March is going to be a busy time for 2020. Yeah. Part of me, I I know this is probably super unrealistic, but it'd be kind of cool if like, I don't know, they brought back like Krieg or something. Or, like, one of the old mm-hmm. Vault Hunters. Because just in the sense of, like, throwing them into the mix of, like, how the new skill system works and how you can, there's, like, different sort of customizability. It'd be kind of cool to, like, mm-hmm. rework, like, old favorites, but they're probably not going to do that. Yeah, seems that, unlikely. I would yeah. love to see Moxie as a Vault Hunter. I know oh, she's yeah. really uh, delegated to, like, um, a vendor or a story person, but... Well, it could be, like, a lookalike or... Yeah, I mean, they did it for Handsome Jack for uh, the pre-sequel. Yeah. They found a way. I don't know how they would do it for Moxie, but I don't know. That'd be fun. I, I would love if she became a Vault Hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, let's see what else. Uh, kind of, I, it's a different kind of anticipation for this one. Uh, I didn't even know it was happening until I looked it up today, but apparently there's going to be a Lords of the Fallen 2 really? follow-up to... That's, that's, I saw, at least in one place, maybe, I don't know about the source, but that's what they say. Yeah. Wow. So, Lords, for, you know, people who don't know, Lords of the Fallen 1 was a Dark Souls sort of game where it's very difficult. You fight through, you know, you explore a map, you fight enemies, you dodge. I don't, I don't think there was parrying. Maybe there was. I don't if remember. If there was, it didn't work right. Like yeah. everything else. <laughs> yeah. It, it was... The game... It it didn't... It didn't do things very well. No, it did not. Um, a little, it was a little bit clunky. A little, little chunky. Um, and I just... I mean, I, I, played, I played through it. I beat it. But I found that I didn't really want to do it again. Uh, there, because there was like a new game plus, I believe, but I wasn't really feeling it. Mm-hmm. Um, even like you know the gear you stuff, the the gear you find and stuff, eh, wasn't too exciting. Just kind of overall, uh, kind of a, a middling sort of experience. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, many people had the had the same kind of feeling. So I was interested to see that. Apparently, there is be, there is a sequel being made, so I'm curious as to, well, as to how and why, but also yeah. how that's going to turn out. I, I'm not I'm not too sure about that. Another but... developers also did the surge, and I guess that was profitable enough they could put some money towards Lords of the Fallen. I guess you know what people really want more of <laughs> Lords of the Fallen. Yeah, right. That's just baffling to me. Wow, that's like I mentioned now in that not necessarily to play it, but to be like how, why, when, who, where, you know, just how does this? That's bizarre. Strange times, mm-hmm. strange, strange times. Um, what's next? Well, of course, we're going to be getting. Uh, next-gen consoles next year. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting to see. I probably will not buy them, but it'll be cool to see. You know, it's part of a part of history, gaming history. See what happens with that. Um, I kind of going along with the um, the Dragon Prince thing I was talking about before. Apparently, they are making a game for that. Hmm. I don't. I, I don't think there's anything announced for it, but that interested me. An- another thing I don't have super high hopes for, but maybe I. It's supposed to be like some kind of multiplayer thing. Hmm. Uh, they said it's not going to be an MMO, but so I we don't really know much about it. But uh, that that type of thing doesn't usually go too well, but I don't know. It's an opportunity to maybe explore some different part of the universe or do something different, but usually doesn't go over so well, but 
Mm-hmm. We'll see about that. Uh, Animal Crossing. There's going to be yeah. a new Animal Crossing next year. Animal Crossing Horizons. I haven't played Animal Crossing for years. But I think I still have a soft spot for it. Cause I did, I did yeah. play a lot of it. I just wonder what... Because the problem, the problem I would have is... You just kind of... I don't know. It's easy to run out of things to to do, and to get kind of bored. Yeah, it can be kind of a bare bones experience. Eventually, you get your house to look the way you want it to, and you're like, "Okay, what else?" There's, I could collect everything. I could fish up everything, or some other, or win the fishing contest, or something. <laughs> For the fortieth time. Yeah, but it's not like with this game you can actually uh, design the village itself. Like, you get to pick where each house is going to be. And you, like, draw out the rows and stuff like that, so... Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. I haven't... I I actually realized that I think the only game I don't have is uh, New Leaf for Mm. the uh, 3DS. But I actually do have all the others. It feels like there's... Yeah, that's yeah. That's they the only the whole mayor thing. Uh, non. That's the only Animal Crossing game I've played besides the uh, cell phone one, which is hardly a game. Yeah, I mean, I don't I never played that one, but that doesn't really count. It's a mess now. <laughs> it's it's out of control. Oh, I, there was like I saw like they did like some new monetization stuff with like the fortune cookies and yeah and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't mess with that thing anymore. <laughs> it it got it's off the rails. Like it's nasty. It's disgusting. I, I don't want to touch it. <laughs> yeah, just as well. But I hope that they do some Yeah, I I mean, I don't know. Like Animal Crossing's for a certain kind of audience, you know, so it's probably not going to be too much crazy stuff they do other than just sticking with their formula. Because, you know, there's mm. people that enjoy that type of thing, you know, just playing for a little bit during a day and then putting it down. But I I binge games and I play them for uh, hours mm. at a time. So, um, you know, Animal Crossing tends to leave you wanting a little bit more. Oh well. Oh well. Um, I think that's about it for me for games. All right. Sounds good. Um, as for me, I have a lot of games listed, but I'm not going to go in, in depth with all of them. Uh, sort of, well, I suggest you know, just sort of like gloss over ones that I'm like passing interest in, but the ones I'm really excited for, I might go in a little bit more depth. Um, so. First on my list is Ori and the Will-O-Wisps. Not a lot to say here. The first game is beautiful and fun. Uh, this game looks beautiful and fun, so I want to play it. Uh, I, I think it's, it's... I know it's coming out for Xbox One. I think it's also coming out for the the PC game store that they have. I don't think it's coming out on Steam, though. I'm not sure. Uh, but I'll find a way to play it. Don't you worry about that. 
another game I'm looking forward to is Warcraft 3 Reforged. I don't play a lot of real-time strategy games. I'm really bad at them. Uh, but there are two real-time strategy games I've played in earnest. That's Command & Conquer uh, Red Alert and Warcraft 3. And so Warcraft 3 game an entire from-the-ground-up remake. Uh, it looks great. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I want to play it. I'm looking forward to the, you know, the touched-up cutscenes will be nice. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to that one. Um, the third game I'm looking forward to that I get the impression that no one else actually wants and are actively against is Persona Five Scramble. Now, when this was announced, it was leaked as Persona 5S. And I was like, oh, Persona 5, coming to the Switch. All right. And then it was like, no, it's Persona 5 Scramble. And people were very upset. Except for me. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, (laughs) we're not getting a port. Instead, we're getting a new game. Why are you upset about this? You could play Persona 5 on PS. But I guess like some people are like, well, I don't have a PS4, I can't, or a PS3, I can't play Persona 5, so, you know, I guess that's disappointing for them. But Persona 5 Scramble, I love Persona 5, I love Musou slash Warriors games, put them together, maybe it'll be good, I don't know. But it looks like it's fun, you know, I like those two things together. Um, another game I'm looking forward to is Vampire the Masquerade 2. I didn't play a whole lot of the first game. I did beat it. It was janky and clunky and poorly made, but you could see that there was a lot of good ideas there. And that if it was in the hands of a better studio, it might have done way better. However, this game looks like it has those same good ideas, but with a better equipped studio. More resources and time and whatnot. So, I'm looking for... I like games where he plays a vampire... Feels like there's not a lot of games where you play as a vampire, so I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, another game that people probably don't know about a lot is Griftlands. It's a sort of a. I can't really tell. It's like an RPG slash card game turn based battle type deal. But the, the visuals are great. I love the art of the game. You got If your game has great art, I'll pay attention to it. So. Get to making some good art, people. Um, Doom Eternal. I'm looking forward to, of course. I played the Doom reboot, and it was a lot of fun. I was worried about it. I was like, ah, I don't know if it's going to be any good. And apparently they weren't sure if it's going to be good, because the original Doom reboot that they showed behind closed doors and never put out publicly was way different. And it was more like a military shooter with, like, behind the wall covering and it was like about how people were like the last resistance on earth against demons or something like that and everyone hated it and they said okay maybe we'll try something else so the Doom reboot was basically if you took the original Doom and instilled all the imagination people had when they played that Doom game what it felt like to do the certain things of playing regular Doom it's just a lot of fun. You feel like a badass. It's fast-paced. It's visceral. I know there's a lot of like industry terms that get thrown around a lot in reviews, but it is. It's gory. It's 
brutal. It's a lot of fun. The music is amazing. Even if you don't play the game, go check out the soundtrack. The soundtrack's amazing. Um, yeah. So Doom yeah. Eternal being a, a return to that, having the same soundtrack, like, yeah, I want all of that. Because, yeah, that, that, that soundtrack for the original Doom is wow, perfect. What is it? E1 M1? Um, the, the, the opening? Yeah. E1 M1? Oh, yeah. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, uh, just a, a really great game. So I'm really looking forward to the the sequel. I was, of course, bummed out that it got delayed until 2020 into March, which is already filled up. Basically, around March and April is going to be a really busy time. So I was a little bit disappointed when it got delayed, but I understand why things get delayed. And it's not for any malicious reason. It's so they can polish it up. So I never get mad at the developers for delaying a game. Um. Uh, also coming out on the same day, of course, Animal Crossing's New Horizons. Uh, looking forward to the game. I played a lot of New Leaf. Had a lot of fun with it. It is definitely a sort of relaxing, chill game. Up until the point where you start making plans with the other villagers. Where they're like, hey, do you want to hang out today? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, alright, I'll come by your house at 8pm. Be sure to be there. And I will always, always forget. And then I pick up the game again, and I talk to them. I was like, where were you? I came by your house at 8, and you weren't there. And I'm like, ah, no, I'm the worst mayor. So I'm looking forward to that anxiety. So, fun. Um, they'll, they'll oust you for being a terrible friend. <laughs> exactly. He never came to my house party. He doesn't like us at all. He just sits in his house all day. Moving furniture. <laughs> uh, I'm also looking forward to Axiom Verge 2. Uh, the actual, first Axiom Verge I didn't get around to till far after its release, but it's a really cool-looking game. It's fun. Uh, it was rough around the edges, but it was still fun at its core. And so Axiom Verge 2, hopefully it's more polished than that. And it looks, it looks just as pretty and cool-looking. And, of course, I'm looking forward to Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, Witcher 3 is one, of, is, is one of, if not the favorite game of all time for me. Um, the first Witcher game, I, I couldn't really get into, and then people told me, gotta stick with it. I know it's janky, but stick with it. And I looked at guides on how to play it properly, and I'm glad I stuck with it, because it, it was a lot of fun. You don't go to a lot of locations, but the story was great. It had some interesting mechanics. And then Witcher 2 comes along and blows it out of the water. And it looked a lot better, of course. It had a lot more polish. And Witcher 3 comes out and just set the standard for me for action RPGs. Open world action RPGs. A standard that no one else has met, as far as I can remember. Um... So, the studio, I'm looking forward to what they can put for Cyberpunk 2077. I do worry that they're, um, I forget the phrase, but I feel like they might be trying to do more than they can actually accomplish, and I'm afraid some systems will either be unpolished or forgotten, and that's going to be a bummer, but uh, over I trust, say again? Like, over-ambitious? Over-ambitious, basically, yeah. Um, 
uh, not as ambitious as the people who made the um, Star Citizen or making the Star Citizen game. Not that <laughs> over ambitious, but certainly uh, pretty ambitious. And I am worried that they're, they're they might be biting off more than two. But what I have seen of the game looks amazing. I'm really looking forward to. It. I'm, I hope I'm trying not to get my hopes up too much for it, but I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, that, those are my games looking forward to in 2020. So. We got through the games. Now let's talk about movies. So I'm going to throw it back over to David. David, what movies are you looking forward to seeing and walking out of in 2020? <laughs> so no Star Wars, so that's not going to make yeah. any of my, my list. Uh, uh, not not many sci-fi movies either. I mean, they, we have a lot of Marvel movies coming out, right? But none of them are interesting to me. I, I looked at you know, in preparation yeah. for this podcast, I looked at the trailers for Black Widow, the trailer for Black, for Black Widow. Again, doesn't interest me. I don't really care about mm-hmm. that character. Um, looked into the inter- the Eternals. I know Thanos is involved with them somehow. I don't care either. I know yeah. even though Angelina Jolie is going to be part of the cast, I don't care. I think yeah. there's another Marvel movie coming out. Next year, oh, there's like seven more coming out. Who knows? I, I I'm not sure. I think there's uh, a Wonder Woman one, 1984 or something. Oh, okay, that's that's a DC. Well, that's okay, DC. Tim. Wonder, oh. Wonder Woman 1984. Well, that's true. My I, mistake. I, unlike most people who've seen that movie, and who have praised the movie, I do not like Wonder Woman. I did not like the first Wonder Woman film. I didn't think it was really that special. It kind of just felt it's, like any other comic book movie to me. It's really not that special. What set it apart was that it was actually decent, whereas everything leading okay. up to it was trash fire. So it yeah. was more like, wow, this is decent. And that sort of, by comparison to the other DC movies, like, oh, a movie's going to be good from DC from now on? No, not really. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. So because yeah, of I'm that, with you. 1984 was like eh. because of that low standard. I don't really care about 1984. So yeah. I'm gonna talk about the stuff that I do care about. So third thing on my list, and this one's probably gonna be a little controversial. It's the Mulan reboot, live action reboot. Mm-hmm. And I I I know that people are very upset with the film already because. They because the actress is uh, pro China. She's against Hong Kong. You know th- oh, there was right, a controversy right, right. there. But I liked Mulan, the 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 live action. I mean not the live action. The the original animated movie. I thought it mm-hmm. was cool, and I think that the source material, which I believe they said they're going to stick more socially to the to the ancient Chinese story than than ever. So that's a very dark story, and I'm wondering how far they're going to go with that, because you know, it, it, for those that don't know, Mulan in the end kills herself uh, because she doesn't yeah. want to be uh, spoilers. Con- <laughs> well, it, it, it's yeah, spoilers to a <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, yeah. millennia old uh, story, but but <laughs> she, wants, she kills herself because she um, she she doesn't want to end up being a concubine. So I wonder if it's gonna go that route. I probably won't. No. But 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 in terms of from point A to point B, 
how how much they're going to adapt. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering. I'm, I'm kind of op- curiously optimistic about that. I wonder, I'm also wondering wondering um, how the songs are going to pan out. Uh, you know. The, yeah, it feels like those songs have aren't some really, really good fit. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. This could I, this could be a dumpster fire. You know, it, it could very well be the one of the worst live action adaptations adaptations that Disney has made so far. You know, I don't say it being I'm, worse than Dumbo, but you know, maybe. right. But who knows? You know, uh, and, but it all, it could also turn out to be as good as Beauty and the Beast. Well, Beauty and the Beast wasn't that that good, but it was it was decent. So it, it could end up being that that decent too. So that's fine. Yeah. Second second movie entry, uh, second most anticipated movie twenty twenty, A Quiet Place two. I really liked the first <laughs> Quiet Place. I thought it was novel mm-hmm. in that it it was really a film uh, that that kind of encouraged you to rethink films in the sense that. You know, we're very used to having audio, <laughs> and this film didn't have it. And and I really liked how it made you so sensitive to to the audio that was kind of displayed on uh, in the movie. And I want to see how they're going to experiment with this idea in the second film. I, it's not something mm-hmm. that we see explored very often in filmmaking, and to see it in a horror setting sci-fi horror kind of setting uh, I I, I want to s- I'm curious to see you know what exactly they're going to do or if it's going to be a really poorly made sequel so you know yeah. we'll see what happens and, and well, what I like they- most about no go ahead yeah go ahead to see how you know because the, the end of the end of the first movie was very it, it kind of left things off very um, in a very harrowing situation so to see yeah. how they kind of got out of that situation, it's going to be interesting. So, yeah. what were you going to say? I was going to say, the, the thing I liked most about the first movie, and I did enjoy it. I didn't think it was all that, but I did enjoy it, mm-hmm. uh, was it made me think about how much we do that makes noise. Like, it's not just, oh, we right. can't talk in that movie. They Like, they had to make, every, they had to eat on, like, what was it, like, uh, lettuce leaves and like yeah. they had to eat on the floor or something like that and like everything was like cushioned and yep. it just made you think about everything that they do that we do that makes noise that they had yep. to you know muffle and I was like that's really neat you know I didn't think about stuff like that so yeah and, and that's that's why I said it kind of makes you rethink about filmmaking because they had to think about obviously the producers and the director had to think about that Right, mm-hmm. and and to think about how that played a role in the story, so I want to see like different ideas in in A Quiet Place too. If they if they keep if they rely on the same ideas, then I'm going to end up being disappointed. But but to see how they take this concept to the next level is what I'm probably most looking forward to. And mm-hmm. for the sake, for the sake of not going on and on, my first pick is Dune. The it, the. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's going to be an adaptation of the 1965 novel of the same name. Mm-hmm. And the reason principally that I'm most excited for this movie is that it's coming from director Denis Villeneuve. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. But he's director behind Prisoners, Sicario, Arrival, and Blade Runner 2049. 
So he's a pretty accomplished sci-fi director. And Arrival was great, and it did not get the recognition it deserved. Right, right. And I really liked Arrival. And I'm really looking forward to see what he does with, with Dune, because it has been adapted into a film before, and mm-hmm. that film adaptation was really bad. <laughs> Mostly because they didn't have the, the, the budget for it. It was in 1984. So they probably didn't have the budget for it. They didn't, you know, uh, it was kind yeah. of just like a cash-in. But this film has a stellar cast already. It has Oscar Isaac, who plays Poe. He's a good actor. It just, you know, Poe is just a terrible <laughs> character. Josh Brolin. Everybody loves Josh Brolin. Uh, mm-hmm. Dave Bautista, Zendaya, and Jason Momoa, and, and Javier Bardem. Crazy. A crazy, crazy cast. Like, so, more than half the cast is comic book characters. That's true. That's, that's true. Yeah. And, and I think Javier Bardem was in a James Bond film, right? Yeah. So, he played, he's from No Country from Old Men. No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the bad guy. So, I think that with this cast and with this, this director on board, they have kind of the 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 pieces to make the the to do this property justice. I'm just hoping that they do this property ju- justice because you know <laughs> e- every now and then you have those stinkers, right? So this could wind up being you know the next Lord of the Rings kind of uh, trilogy, or I think this is going to be two parts. Or it could end up being kind of like the Moral Engines. Remember that from last year? That that movie. No, rather that's the point. Yeah, it was. I think it was earlier this year, very early this year, or you know, uh, late last year. And that was that was just terrible. That was a terrible mm. adaptation. So it could go either way, but I'm really hoping it goes the latter way, uh, the former way, I should say. And mm-hmm. you know, it really hits it out. It really knocks it out of the park. So. So there you go. Those are my picks for most anticipated movies of 2020. All right, cool. Uh, Tim, what movies are you looking forward to seeing in 2020? For me, uh, well, I actually just remembered a movie called Free Guy, which is coming out. Yeah. It features uh, Ryan Reynolds, and it's like, it is a... He realizes one day that he's actually like an NPC in a video game. Yeah. And there's like, he lives in a city where like there's, you know, heroes, like players flying around and like blowing stuff up. And he just, he's just kind of a part of this world. It seems like he's like in a GTA type game. Yeah, basically. There's people with like, there's people driving by like on motorcycles and cars and got rocket launchers mm-hmm. and helicopters blowing up and that that type of thing um i mean obviously it appeals to my interests and i'm sure to your guys interests as well mm-hmm. and it's, you know it's got ryan reynolds yeah. Yeah, you can't can't go wrong with that but the dude oozes charm <laughs> like yeah so yeah. i you know it could my goodness this could be a terrible movie but oh yeah there's like probably a greater chance that it would be than not like even though i was i was just checking out the trailer again and i was like hmm i i don't know it it could like drown itself in terrible video game meme jokes yeah yeah it's like too video gamey yeah yeah so 
I don't know, but obviously I'm I'm interested. And at the very least, it's got it's got Ryan in it. So yeah. even if it's even if it's tantamount to a raging fiery dumpster, then at least he's sitting on top with the tiny extinguisher to make it not as much of a fiery dumpster exactly. as it could be. Uh, next, I'm actually interested in the new Ghostbusters movie, Ghostbusters uh, Afterlife. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. Mm-hmm. tentatively interested. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm curious, but I'm not. There's not enough known yet for me. To be like, oh yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to this. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> I, I love Ghostbusters, yeah. and I did not <laughs> like the reboot. So this looks like maybe. It, it could yeah. it could wind up a lot like Rise of Skywalker, which is backtracking and kind of redoing yeah. what one movie did wrong, you know. So yeah, yeah, I, I'm with <laughs> you in that regard. Yeah. Well, well the reboot that... was like that a reboot? Like it, it didn't. The reboot was weird. Like sometimes it was like, oh yeah, those other movies didn't happen, and then sometimes it would like reference the other movies. It was like you kind of make up your mind: are you a sequel or not? It's it was weird. I, yeah. I just... Anyway, sorry, Tim. Uh, but like, kind of going along with that, there's like a point in the trailer where like it's like, yeah, there's been a ghost sighting in like 50 years or something. It's like, oh, so people are like, wait, so that, I mean, obviously, if the reboot was canon, then that statement yeah. would be true because exactly that that was like supposed to be like. You know, current day and stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people are speculating that that you know, the reboot is, doesn't take place in this particular no. the, the the real universe of of Ghostbusters and whatnot. So it could very well be that it's a you know they're like no no that stuff didn't happen. Nuts. No, we're just gonna go back and erase that. Mm-hmm. But what what reboot? There's never a reboot. What are you talking about? <laughs> Crazy. It's fever dreams. But uh, this one's got uh, Paul Rudd in it, Yay. good man. It's also got uh, Finn Wolfhard of uh, Stranger Things fame. So yeah. Good. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Looks interesting. Looks interesting. Yeah. I like to see it. Um, let's see what I got on my list. Of course, Sonic the Hedgehog is going to be a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, definitely a thing. Aside on that, they recently released a picture of Sonic in that movie as like a like baby Sonic. Yeah, I didn't, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's super cute." And I'm just like, "What would that have looked like with the original CGI they had going on?" <laughs> like, oh would that God. thing you just oh look like a weird gremlin monster? I want to see that baby. I didn't even. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah, I, hmm. I want to see that. It's probably in the vaults somewhere on some guy's oh, computer. God. Contact Ocean's Eleven. Get them to crack open that vault and bring it out. <laughs> we must see the horrors within. <laughs> Come on now. I want to see it. Yeah, so, I mean, despite, like, all the hullabaloo of, like, oh, yeah, you know, this, you know, we finally got Sonic to look the way he should, um, I think people are like, yeah, it's probably going to be, like, alright. Maybe. Like, you know, story-wise and and whatnot, like the actual yeah. content of the movie, but 
that was my problem. Everyone was like, change it, change the Sonic. I'm like, no, don't. That that ugly Sonic is the only thing this movie has going for it. If you make <laughs> Sonic look fine, then the rest of the movie is just... Because the rest of the movie looks bad. It's like, yeah, fine. <laughs> you, your campaign was successful. You made Sonic look better. Are you going to see it now? Because it looks bad. Nah. Probably not. Yeah. Let's be honest. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> no, probably not. But at least, uh, you know, maybe we'll get a, a sequel, have like Knuckles and Tails and that stuff like My that. My friend yeah. was speculating that. He said, like, um, there's no way they're not going to tease Tails for like the ending. <laughs> and I think they're going to tease Tails at the end, or Tails will show up at the end. But the mid credits stinger will be teasing either Shadow or Metal Sonic. No. Yes, it will. Yes, Dude, it will. It's and, gonna... and then they're playing. They're playing Crush Crush Forty. You know, <laughs> exactly. Me. Oh my yeah. god! No. Yes. Oh they're gonna. God. The credits will stop. It'll pan back to wherever they left Doctor Robotnik in like some big fiery wreck, or something like that. And he'll be in his lab. He'll still be all disheveled and stuff like that. And he's pissed off. And he's putting together either Shadow or Metal Sonic. I. Get, I'd put money on that happening. No. It won't be Knuckles, because Knuckles isn't a villain. But Tails will be teased before the credits, and then Shadow or Metal Sonic for the mid But wait, wasn't Knuckles originally a, vi- a, a villain? In he Sonic? wasn't a villain, but he was an antagonist in the sense that he didn't like Sonic. And ah. Ah. Something like that. I, I'm not up to date on the Sonic lore, but that was the impression <laughs> I got. He wasn't wait, a villain, it, he was it, just it, sort of like a... It, and Dr. Robotnik made Shadow? I didn't know that. I don't know. It, I think it was... I think so. I think Shadow, it was his grandfather. Shadow's a clone. or He's supposed to be, quote-unquote, the ultimate life form. Uh, yeah. What the hell? Yeah, I'm sure. He was like a, a clone oh, of the ultimate life form or something. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimate life form needs to use a handgun. Okay, I'm going to stop asking questions because I don't even know. <laughs> no, well, the ultimate life form is a giant lizard gecko in space. At least oh, according yeah. to Sonic Adventure Two, I think. Oh, the 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 liquid thing. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh, that's the a thing different thing. The... Oh, that's a different thing. It's like oh my god, uh, chaos, e- chaos, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about chaos. chaos. I, I don't. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a master of the lore, but. Jesus. Look, everyone, just stop it's... buying Sonic things. Just watch Sonic <laughs> Underground, and that's it. Don't do anything else. What's that? Remember Sonic Underground? No. What is that? No. Uh, It's a 90s show set in a post-apocalyptic world. Uh, It's supposed to be much darker, but Sonic and, like, two friends, they're, like, kids, and they're in a a rock band, and they need to find them. Look up the intro for the show, and it explains everything you need to know. What? It also has terrible animation and it's hilarious. But that that's Jeez. the show that's the piece of Sonic Media that I hold true to my heart. Everything else is secondary or nothing. Oh my god. Sonic yeah. Underground people, look it up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I'd I'd watch a show of the Hedgehog movie. I love the game, personally. But that's just me. Wait, so is that your your actual number one pick for 
most anticipated game oh, uh, movie of of twenty twenty. Well, th- these weren't really in an order. They were just they're just kind of there. Uh, but yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, those are my, those are basically my picks. I, I actually don't. I usually don't watch too many movies, but every now and then. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um. I also have I have three picks for my movies. They're not in any order. Uh, most of these are in order of like when they're going to supposed to premiere, but not exclusively like that. Uh, first movie I'm looking forward to is the New Mutants. Oh this yeah! Was, a trailer came out for the. This movie has been re-edited and recut and reshot so many times. The trailer came out, and it made it look like it was going to be like a horror movie set in the X Men universe. And everyone was excited for that because they were really excited, like me included, for a horror superhero movie. And the producer was like, oh shit, it's not actually a horror movie. The trailer just made it look like that. I don't know why the trailer did that, but maybe we should reshoot this movie to be like a horror movie. And so they did a couple of times. And then Disney bought Fox, so now they own it, so who knows what this is going to look like. But it's supposed to come out in 2020. I don't know what to think of it, but I'm. If it's a horror movie set in the X Men universe, I think that's neat. I want to see it, so that's what I'm looking forward to. Another horror movie. All my movie picks are horror movies, by the way. No surprise. Uh, movie called Antlers. I don't know a lot about it, but the look of it looks really cool. The atmosphere looks really cool. Um, it looks like it has a really neat monster design in there. Somewhere it's kind of cast in shadow, so it's hard to tell, but. It looks neat. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm also looking forward to the Candyman sequel. Uh, this will be, I think, either produced or directed or and or written by um, Jordan Peele, who, of course, did Get Out and Us. Candyman is a great movie made by um, Clive Barker or Wes Craven. One of those two. Candyman's great. Um, it does have some problems with how it delivers its message, but it's still great atmosphere, great music, great acting. It launched Tony Todd into my life, at least. And so this movie is supposed to be a sequel to the first movie, which is probably the good way to go. So I'm looking for, I, they haven't shown anything of this yet, so I don't know what it looks like. For all I know, it's a, uh, animated feature that will come out on YouTube. I don't know. But Candyman has Jordan Peele involved. I think Tony Todd will reprise the role, so I'm looking forward to that. And those are my movies that I'm looking forward to. Not a lot. There are other movies, like you guys mentioned, I'm like tentatively interested in seeing more of, more information for, like Ghostbusters. Um, but those two movies I can say you know, for sure I'm going to look at. Movies are kind of hard to anticipate for the next year because video games will get announced years in advance. Movies will get get announced like months, and so some of mm-hmm. these haven't been really shown off yet. Right, right. Those are the three. Mm-hmm. Um, so finally, we're going to go television. David, what are you looking to forward to watching on the small screen? So, all of my television picks are anime because. <sighs> Anime is broadcasted in Japan, so I guess it is TV, right? Uh, it's broadcasted and, here, too. Uh, oh, Toonami, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna just go off of you know I have most experience with anime, so I'm just gonna tell you guys what my most anticipated anime is, and I'm gonna do three picks too. So number three is gonna be Uzumaki, and Uzumaki is a Jinji Ito uh, oh. brand. Yeah, and they yeah add out, that to my list too. They came <laughs> they came out with that. With a, a, a Jinji Ito anime, I believe either early this year or late last year, and mm-hmm. it didn't really, it, it didn't really hit the mark. It was kind it of, didn't it, it didn't know art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was the animation was a little off too, and it just, it was a little yeah. weird. So, I'm looking forward to see. I, 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 it, it appears like they they've learned a little bit from that that. Adaptation, and they're gonna kind of really stick with Ito's design for Uzumaki, and this is his most popular work, as far as I can yeah. tell. So I really hope that he's involved with the project somehow, and that he really kind of, uh, you know, gives it the, the the justice it deserves because it, it's a really good horror, you know, manga, and I think that it deserves all the recognition you know it 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 gets from from horror enthusiasts mm-hmm. and anime manga enthusiasts too so that's my mm-hmm. number 3 pick my number 2 pick is Magia Record and this is a sequel i think it's a, it's not really a sequel it's an adaptation of the mobile game Magia Record i think it's the same name yeah of the mobile game Magia Record which is based off of Madoka Magica, which was an anime that came out, I want to say almost ten years ago, and wait, if you're not, is an anime based on a mobile game based on a different anime? Yeah, very confusing. I know, but okay. it, I'm, I'm saying that because I'm not sure it's it's necessarily a sequel to the anime, to the yeah, original I anime. I, I I do know for a fact that it is an adaptation of the the mobile game. So, mm-hmm. for those who are unfamiliar with how this franchise began, it was a Shaft product, and it was directed by Gen Urobuchi, who is known popularly in the anime community as Gen Urobuchur, because he's very unafraid of mm-hmm. just killing off characters, <laughs> oh, just okay. like that, in, in, his, in his anime. If you, see, if you want to get a good idea of what I'm talking about, watch something like Fate Zero, which is a, an anime about these magical beings and each one is getting killed off one by one and it's very gruesome but also very entertaining and he took that concept and he incorporated magical magical girls in it and that's how Madoka Magica was born so you see these cute anime girls kind of doing whatever and one by one each is killed uh, in a very gruesome way uh, by these these monsters called witches and these witches kind of inv- invade little girls' nightmares and, and corrupt their minds. But it's the job of magic girls to kind of destroy the witches before they're able to destroy little girls' minds. Uh, but there's a lot of other things going on in the background. Like, I-, I won't spoil it, but even though it is 10 years old, I won't spoil it. But it's a very dark anime. And he somehow, one, yeah. Yeah, he somehow managed to get a very cute concept you know, like Sailor Moon, and get something very dark and combine them and, and make it work. And, uh, yeah, so that 
is something that maybe may happen again with Montier Record. I don't know, but it sounds like they're doing they're following the same blueprint of that uh, the original anime, and it's going to be a whole new kind of cast of, of magical girl characters. Um, and it, you know, I, I hope that it kind of lives up to my expectations. And it's coming out really soon. It's coming out, I think, next week. So, yeah, I'll, I'll let you guys know mm-hmm. if if it actually does live up to my standards. And then my first pick for most anticipated TV show of 2020 is Attack on Titan last season, fourth and last season. The if last season, oh, wow. Yeah, so Attack on Titan, the first season was kind of okay. I think most people would agree. The second season was much slower, but it ramped up the the lore of the film. It kind of explained a lot more. Mm-hmm. The, the third season combined the two. A lot of action, like in the first season, but it also gave us a lot of lore. And it was probably the best season so far, and a lot of people haven't seen it yet, which is a little disappointing because I feel like most people have seen the first season, right? But then they just kind of f- forgot about the series because it took so long for, for yeah. the second season to come out, and then the second season was kind of slow. But the sec- but if you stick through it and you get to that third season, I'm telling you, it's amazing. It's really, mm. really, really, really fascinating what they do and how they flesh out this world and all those mysteries that that you kind of are, are touched upon in the first season, they actually answer, they provide answers to, to what's going on, and they give these stories more back. they give these characters more backstory and more kind of explanations as to who they are, and, and to see kind of things come full circle, it's just so, it's so gratifying, especially after so long, and the fourth season, the final season, is going to bring everything to a head, supposedly, hopefully. Uh, and and I won't say any more, but there there's a reason why I think you know Attack and so- like why I th- pe- the people that have been watching the show are are, are praising it the way that they are. Uh, I know Giga did get a did a video. I think it's like an hour long video uh, mm. on YouTube of explaining like how how fascinating the series is and. I, I think that you know he he kind of hits the nail on the head in the sense that it's so intricate. The 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 creator and I forgot his name. He really thought about everything in advance, and to see things kind of come together is after even after such a long time and after so many arcs, you kind of remember things and you go, "Wow, I, I didn't think about that," or "Wow, I kind of forgot about it," and now it's coming back and it, it really affects it in in a meaningful way. So. Yeah, definitely recommend if you haven't seen Attack on Titan, the the second and third season, or even the first season, definitely catch up to it. Fourth season should should be out, I think, at the end of 2020, and I, I hope it kind of sends out 2020 with a, with a bang. But of course, there are also going to be other anime coming out in 2020 that I don't know about. It's kind of like movies, yeah. you know, you don't really know about them, you know, in advance. Uh, that I, I'm sure are going to kind of uh, be very popular. With the community, and yeah. I'm looking forward to those too. <laughs> but those are my picks for now, for my most anti- right. anticipated anime 2020. I, was, I I totally forgotten about Uzumaki. Um, I saw the trailer for that, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in because, like you said, uh, that's probably his most popular work. I don't know if he's more well known for that or the um, the uh, Fault Line one. I forget what it's called. 
with a this hole is made for me type deal. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for those wondering, Uzumaki is not that. Uzumaki is the spiral one. Yeah, the spiral. Think, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, um, it's a number of stories, but I think it begins with the spiral and then it goes from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Tim, what television shows are you looking forward to in 2020? Yes. I, I, you know, I actually don't realize I don't watch a whole ton of TV type stuff, but I got a couple picks. Uh, first one is, well, uh, it's kind of cheating, but it's it's the good place, the the fourth season. That's not cheating. And, it's on my list too. <laughs> and I say that because it's it's already out. I'm I'm pretty sure yeah. like they're all out at this point, but I'll, I probably won't wind up watching it until like it comes out on Netflix. Well, it, it just started in 2019, but it ha- it's going to finish in 2020. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. What? Okay, then it's not cheating. Hooray. Yeah. I didn't break the system. So, yeah. Um, I, I do really enjoy the show. I love the, the stories and ideas, and and they do, like, grapple with morals and that kind of thing, and um, great, really great cast, and just a, it's really, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. And they also talk about serious stuff as well. That's That's pretty cool. Yeah. I watched a um, uh, YouTube video recently that someone pointed out why are Michael Shore's shows so good, and that he did The Good Place and Parks and Recreation and Brooklyn Nine Nine, and it's because they're all very positive, and even when things get dark, they're very positive, and they all try to show people at their best. Uh, like um, Parks and Rec shows, like. Politics, people in politics can be good. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, people on the police force can be good. Good the good place, people in general can be good. You know, Even the devil can be good. <laughs> Even the devil can be good. You know, just it, It's sort of uplifting and it's funny and nev- nothing is ever at anybody's expense. It's just good, well-written, funny, wholesome television. And I recently found out that Michael Shore also... While he wrote for The Office, he also played Dwight's brother. Mo. Yes, he did. That yeah. was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's really great. I actually forgot mm-hmm. he. I, I forgot they wrote uh, those other two shows, uh, which I also really love. So that makes quite a bit of sense. Um, my next pick is it's actually one I don't know uh, too much about. I mean, I mean, no one really does, but. Um, I, I kind of forgot it was a thing. And that is a show called Avenue 5. It's coming out. It's, I I've um, heard that before, but I don't know anything about it. Yeah, it has Hugh Laurie, uh, Zach Woods, uh, Josh Gad, and a, a number of other people. Basically, the idea is it takes place on, like, what's basically like a, a spaceship yacht type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, now I remember, yeah. I, and I, it's like the Poseidon adventure, but in space and funny. <laughs> right? Maybe, yeah. But I guess the idea is they, um, they're they on the spaceship and then like it, something goes wrong and they get stuck, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I, like, I call it a yacht because I think it's just like a, a like a, a, a pleasure yacht or whatever it's, you it's call it. It's made to look like a cruise Ship, yeah, yeah, you know, right, right, yeah, yeah exactly. 
Um, but they get stuck, so I guess they have to grapple with, like, there's, like, hundreds of people on this, on this ship, and they have to, like, figure out how to, like, basically not die or, you know, something or other. But, mm-hmm. I don't know, looks, it's, like, looks interesting, looks yeah. funny. Like the cast. That's coming um, out on HBO. I'm looking forward to that one. Yes. I totally forgot about it. But, you know, Hugh Laurie and Josh Gad are both hilarious. Zach Woods, hilarious. He was, like, one of the funniest people on Silicon Valley. And this is being written by uh, some of the people from Veep. So expect to get some rewards for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, it looks interesting. Looks fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, my last pick, and my other things haven't been ranked, but this is definitely my top one for TV shows, is a fourth season to The Dragon Prince, which I've mentioned yeah. a couple times. Um, it, I actually, I don't know if it's been confirmed that there's a new one, but I mean, they, they set it up where like, it looks like there should be another mm-hmm. season, so hopefully that does come out, because I, I really have been enjoying it quite a bit. Good. So, I'd really, I'd really love to see that continue. Like really, if if you're if you're the type of person who's seen like uh, last Airbender series and kind of want more of that type of thing, I think this is definitely certainly along those lines. Something mm-hmm. a little different, but a little okay. bit of familiarity there. All right. Um, so as for me, uh, I'm also looking forward to the Good Place. I've I'm I'm all caught up with it. I'm just looking forward to it coming back out next year. Uh, watching television shows one episode a week is like death, and having to wait between mid-season finales is just like, like God. <laughs> streaming services have ruined me for regular television. It, it just goes so slowly now. Uh, but I'm really this is the final season for those who don't know of a good place. Um, this is you know they're not doing anymore. But you know what? It has it had a goal. It had a story to map out, and it's it's. Finishing that story, I, I can really appreciate that. It's a good amount of seasons. Yeah, four. Is it a wasn't good canceled I, either. I say any show that makes it three seasons did a good job, you know. And assuming it didn't uh, end on a cliffhanger, I think three seasons is enough for any show. Uh, some shows I like it when they go beyond three seasons. Some shows I don't want to go beyond one season, even when they're good. I'm like that was perfect. Stop right there. So, a good place. I'm sorry to see it go, but uh, it's been a really good journey with that. Um, another show entering its fourth season is Fargo. Um, not a whole lot is known about it. It's supposed to come out in 2020, but nothing's hard confirmed yet. Um, but it's supposed to take place in the 1950s. It will be about these two warring crime families. One is this Italian crime family. One is an African-American crime family uh, led by Chris Rock. Not Chris Rock. Yeah, Chris Rock. And they cement a tentative truce by trading their firstborn sons, I think it is. So very uh, classical type story, very Shakespearean type deal. Or even like a Greek, like a Greek tragedy type deal. Uh, looking forward to that because all seasons of Fargo have been great. Some better than others, but they've all been great. Uh, same guy also did Legion, and I love Legion. So 
even without knowing what season four is going to be about, I'm excited for it because he hasn't let me down yet. Also looking forward to something called The Outsider, um, which at first I wasn't really totally interested in, but then they said it's going to have supernatural elements, and so I'm back in. It's, I think, co-written by Stephen King, or it's just based on one of his books, I don't know. Uh, but it's about a guy who is accused of murder, but the murder happened across the country while he was on the other side of the country. And But all evidence points to him being the murderer, but they also have all this evidence proving that he wasn't there. He was at the other side of the country. So it's somehow going to have supernatural elements or something. I don't know. I'm interested. It's got Jason Bateman. He's proven himself to be a pretty competent, dramatic actor, so... I'm interested. Um, I'm also interested in The Haunting of Bly Manor, which is a spiritual second season to The Haunting of Hill House. Which, great show. Great, yeah, great, great show. Great show, great horror show, because so little is like a jump scare. There's so much like just ghosts in the background who are yep, just there. Yep. They're just standing there. They're not meant to like you know, jump out at you or anything like that. They're just there to hit you subconsciously. Or even consciously, like, they can spot one, like, oh, shit, there's someone there. But no one else sees it. And you're like, you're, you tense up because is that ghost going to do something? Um, mm-hmm. Super great show, super emotional, well-written. Haunting a Bly Manor is not a sequel to it. In fact, I think it's using some of the same actors in different yeah. ways. So the way that uh, American Horror Story does things. This yeah. is based off the horror book, The Turning of the Screw. The Turn of the Screw, yeah. Or The Turn of the Screw. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, it's a ghost story in a big house. So, that much is the same. But I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and the last thing I'm looking forward to is Season 2 of The Boys. Which I think comes out in 2020. They've, they've already put out a teaser for it, so I'm, I feel like that's coming out in 2020. I really enjoyed season one. A lot of people did. It really, and honestly, kind of put Amazon Prime Video streaming on the map. Like people knew about Amazon Prime, but they didn't really mess around with it too much with its video service. Its its streaming service is still kind of crappy. At least the um, the searching function and the browsing is terrible. The UI, but the boys really helped put it on the map. It really made people pay attention to what was on Amazon Prime Video. I'm really looking forward to season two. I really enjoyed season one. It did a lot of things differently than the comic book, but I think in a lot of ways it was better than the comic book. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see what season two does. Uh, hopefully, peop- too ma- hopefully too many people haven't um, looked at the comic book since then to try and like, see what all the secrets are and to get all the things spoiled for themselves. Don't do that. For all I know, things are going to be different in the show, so it might not matter, but... There are some things where I feel like they're not going to change. But yeah, those are my shows I'm looking forward to in 2020. So, I think what we can get from this is that there is a lot of things to look forward to in 2020. Some of it will be disappointing, I'm sure. Some of it will exceed our expectations, and there will be some surprises that we don't know about yet. So, Like Anthem 2. Like or Anthem. Fallout 76 2. Fallout 77. Fallout 77. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, they would call it Fallout 76 too because that's stupid, or they would definitely do something stupid. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot to look forward to. There'll probably be a plenty of controversies going on. 
So I want to thank you all for listening for this week and for listening to us for this year that we've been here. We haven't been here the whole year, but we've been here enough, I think. And been here half look forward of it. to yeah. seeing you in 2020, seeing what we can give you to give to you there. Uh, yep. Thank you for what for listening to us, and we hope to see you next week.